0: Welcome to episode eight of the New Producers Podcast. My name is Josh Sewell. I'm here with Stephen Von Haken again. And it's been a while. We really appreciate you guys sticking with us. We've gotten actually really busy uh, working in the studio, which is always a great thing. But to be honest, we missed it. We missed this part of the interaction with you guys and we definitely look forward to getting back into it uh, more frequently here. So thanks for sticking with us. We've got a lot of interesting things to discuss today, including The Slate Digital CLA Mixing Course, the Slate Raven, the Mix with the Masters Subscription Plan, and a whole lot more, including a pretty cool idea that's kind of a new approach for mixing in the box that I think you'll find useful. So check it out. Here's episode eight, and thanks for listening. We are back.
1: We are back, and hopefully back in the saddle for, uh, you know, two weeks in a row.
0: Yeah, this was a, a Christmas break that just went on past Easter. <laughs> I <laughs> We're know. We're very serious about our, our holidays around here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, it was a lot of fun, man. I just couldn't put it down. You know.
0: <laughs> no. I mean, it, in all seriousness, you know, thankfully we've been really busy, uh, mm-hmm. actually, actually making music instead of just uh, talking about it. So yeah. that's a good thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Uh. uh but the main reason for getting together today is <clears throat> there's a couple of things. The first thing is I had a project recently that was super frustrating to me, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it for a while and uh, we'll get into more of the details of that because it actually had a really funny ending where I was completely wrong about something I thought I had done before I kind of romanticized the past in my mind. Uh-huh. And yeah. it ended up being being completely untrue. Um, but wow. then the other part of it is that, uh, you know, there's been a real explosion in in the last probably five to six years of pro audio, uh, blogs and podcasts and, uh, YouTube tutorials. And, you know, there's been a lot of great stuff out there. There's been a lot of bad stuff, a lot of bad advice. Mm -hmm. Um, but recently, uh, you know, Pensado's place kind of opened the door a little bit to the behind the scenes for some of the guys that we really look up to. And then, uh, in the you know, very recent uh, past of, like, say, the last month or two, we saw Mix with the Masters go to a subscription plan where, you know, you don't have to pay five or 6000 to go spend a weekend somewhere with one of these guys in a studio. But now you've got these video courses you can kind of go through at your own pace. And Slate Digital did the uh, Chris Lord Algae all-slate plug-in on a Slate Raven mix. Mm-hmm. I subscribed to Mix with the Masters and I also got the uh, CLA Slate uh, tutorial where he took a song and mixed it uh, with all Slate plugins, all in the box on a Slate Raven. And, mm. um, you know, so it's just crazy. I mean, uh, there's been a debate for a long time, you know, in the box versus out of the box. I've actually gone back and forth on that myself you know with my own setup yeah uh but it's really really interesting now to see uh exactly how some of these guys are working on a console as well in the box and then you can take bits and pieces of you know what your favorite mixers are doing and apply it to to what you're doing so uh it's really cool man we got a lot of thoughts about it so uh so let's get get right into it man i think i should start by telling on myself here Uh, so backing up a little bit (laughs) to the, the project that I did recently where I just felt really frustrated, uh, you know, it's just with every album that I do, I really want to push myself. You know, I want it to sound better than what the, the one that I did the week before or the month before. Yeah. And, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. It makes you get better, but sometimes it makes you, you know, really frustrated through the end of a project Mm -hmm. and, I just, I was having a, a really hard time with this particular uh, mix, uh, and, and on this album, I mean, we tracked, you and I tracked it together, and uh, I was editing and mixing and mastering, so this is one of those full start to finish, like, you're, you're doing everything, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I get to the, towards the finish line here in the mix stage, and I'm just, you know, it goes back to this problem I used to have in the box that I haven't had in quite a while, but you would have a mix that sounded okay, you would start checking in the car and in headphones and stuff, and it just, it's like it's sitting back a little bit. Everything mm-hmm. sounds a little bit distant, a little bit veiled, you know? It's, yeah. it's just not, and of course, you're always ab in your favorite mixes, and, you know, you I, I've got, like, some uh, CLA mixes in there or, you know, David Bendith or whoever, some of my favorites, mm-hmm. and I'm just turning theirs on, and it's like, it's in your face, but it's not... Uh, too annoying or too, uh, aggressive in the top end or the high mids or something, but it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, like how rock music should sound or, or exciting pop music or whatever. And yeah. so, so, I mean, I, not, not to, uh, toot your horn too much, but probably the favorite thing that I've ever done, uh, with complete honesty is, uh, your first Halogen Hills album on the Avenue. Yeah. I just... No, I mean, I'm, I'm serious, man. Uh, and, uh, you know, we... The way that album was made was just, uh, I think, completely ideal for how we like to work. Yeah. I mean, it was literally like a carousel out here. You're, you're on the piano. I'm in the engineer seat. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, I'm playing bass and you're engineering it. It, it was just such a, a cool way to make a project when you've uh, got people involved that can play as well as engineer. You know, it's just something I hadn't experienced before. Yeah. Uh, but... Getting back to the point of the the story, the main thing is that I'm like, okay, what? Let me go back a little ways because I know that was like a benchmark for me as far as the way it sounded. I really, really loved it. Mm -hmm. So let me let me get out the archive, you know, hard drive and Mm -hmm. open this back up and just see what I did because I, I knew, like, I mean, I know I've whined about it on here before, but the. The Abbey Road RS 124 uh, compressor plug-in that got discontinued. I used that thing like crazy. That was a really big part of my sound, dude. And so I'm like, uh, you, know, you, you know, that's know, the reason. So-
1: <laughs> that, that's the reason why I haven't totally switched to uh, Pro Tools 12. Man,
0: it it totally well, you're is. Smart, you're smarter than me then.
1: <laughs> well, dude, it's tough. Uh, sorry, I'm going to digress just for a second here. I mean, um, the main reason I've, I've not moved over is because of that plugin. Um, and it's tough because there's a lot of these new plugins that are coming out and they're not totally, um, I think, tested or debugged for uh, Pro Tools 10. And so it makes it hard because I feel like I'm losing stability on some of the new stuff coming out. Like I was just trying to try out um, what is it, the Kush Audio? They did those uh, Transformer plugins. Um, yeah. And I, dude, I couldn't even get them to open in Pro Tools 10. It would just, you know, the <laughs> the what is that? That circle of death that comes up and then yeah, crash.
0: Oh uh, yeah, the be- the beach ball, spinning beach ball of death. Exactly. So yeah.
1: anyways I, I'm kind of stuck in that but that the RS uh is 124 it's oh it's it's unbelievable man
0: Yeah and the thing is with that it it it's a compressor plugin, but I never really compressed all that much with it. It was more of just like a tone shaping, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, thing for me. So, uh, you know, I open up the session. I'm like, oh, I, was, I know there's going to be RS one twenty four everywhere, and I'm just going to be depressed because, you know, I'm so far into Pro Tools twelve. I don't want to go back and mix this project in ten. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, whatever. So, anyway, the other thought is I used to. Uh, use an external summing mixer of Shadow Hill's Equinox. Mm -hmm. And, you know, do... I mean, honestly, due to financial things, you know, sometimes studio business is up and down. And uh, I went through a certain period where, you know, I really needed to downsize my gear. And so... Anyway, I'm in my mind. I'm like, man, I remember I mixed that album through the Shadow Hills Equinox, and I bet you, that's a big part of what I'm missing right now because mm-hmm. on this current project, I was doing 100 percent in the box, uh, you know, using uh, VCC and you know whatever things in the box that you do to try to get a console kind of sound. Mm-hmm. So I open up the uh, the album, and to my surprise, I do not find. Uh, external summing, you know, I don't find that routing the way I had it, but I do find Slate VCC everywhere. (laughs) so (laughs) I had already talked to you. I think we were texting and, you know, talked on the phone a bit and I'm like, dude, man, I think I'm going to start summing externally again because... Man, I just, I don't know. I, I, it's so frustrating to have mm-hmm. sold some things and feel like what I'm doing now is not as good. And then I open it up and I forgot that was after I had already sold it. Mm-hmm. And that was a completely, completely in the box mix. I know, so, man. <laughs> so the joke was on me. And I mean, the point of the story is now, now here's the funny thing I'm sitting here looking at my Shadow Hills Equinox. I did buy a new one again. Uh, <laughs> It's just something. It's just something that that I want to do. I mean, I was in a place. Honestly, the monitor controller I had and the preamps and stuff. It actually made more sense for me to get the Equinox for the monitor and the preamps, mm-hmm. and not even and even if I didn't use the summing, just with the money that I had and the other things I was using. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I I like having the option to sum because. Just depending on the project, I mean, there will be definitely be much more on this in the future. I'd love to do some, you know, direct A and B comparison files of, you know, using some in-the-box solutions versus, you know, a a fairly pricey uh, summing app like the Equinox. So, you know, more on that later. But I said all that to say... Uh, on that project, the more we talked, what we realized is that it was actually things on the front end of the project were a lot different than mm-hmm. some of the recent stuff. Yep. And that appeared that appeared to be making a much bigger difference than uh, the external summing on the back end. Uh, so yeah, like I said, there will be a lot more on the summing end coming up because I, I do have it in-house again. And I'm going to fully explore that to make sure I'm working in the way that's best for, for what works for me. You know, not yeah. definitely not for everyone else, but just for me personally. Uh-huh. But, yeah, we look back and I'm real uh meticulous about notes uh within pro tools you know on the track the little notes at the bottom about what mic was used what preamp you Mm -hmm. know uh everything if it was tracked through a compressor and so looking back through those notes is like okay uh yeah there was a lot different going on that uh, made made a huge difference on that project. So just thought mm-hmm. that'd be interesting for everybody to hear that, you know, if you don't have summing or if you've never tried summing, uh, if I had a choice now, you know, knowing what I know now, uh, completely being wrong about what I had done in the past, uh, I would say try stuff on your on the front end of your chain first.
1: Yeah, exactly, man. And I think it's it's probably important to note too that. Um, you know, just tracking as far as, um, you know, picking the right instruments, you know, and, and doing, recording the right parts is, is so important too, you know, because we've talked about that where certain projects, um, you know, depending on who's producing it, they don't kind of see it from a mixer point of view because they don't really know what makes something sound great, you know? So they just... They're trying these parts out and they want to make it sound great and, and all that. But if you're if you pull up like, you know, a spectral, is it spectral analyzer or spectrum an- analyzer? I don't know what it's yeah. called. Um right. but you can see, I mean, you can see a big gap in the mid range. And, you know, you were mentioning how you felt like it was just kind of it was there but it was kind of felt pushed back almost like everything was tracked through like reverb not and not like an audible reverb but it was just sitting back not in your face and that makes total sense man if if the if there was not that mid-range you know like guitars dirty synth stuff filling up that that mid-range well then it would definitely it totally makes sense that it would have a pushback sort of sound you know it just and it's tough because dude especially you you love to mix like super aggressively which i love that and i i try to do the same thing it's it's hard to get it uh, sounding really you know aggressive and you know punchy and everything you want out of a mix it's hard to make that happen when the materials just not there you know
0: Yeah. And you, you know, you really encouraged me on that because I was just so frustrated. And, you know, I was letting you hear some of the stuff Mm because, you know, you had helped track it. You were involved in it and stuff. And Mm -hmm. you're like, man, it's it's really production. And, And like you said, sometimes you're in a situation where you're hired to engineer and you're not hired to produce or. You know, maybe they try to get some production from you towards the end, uh, mm-hmm. but that, but not really. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's like yeah. uh, there's somebody in the band is is sort of been uh, labeled as the producer, and so you constantly do that balancing act of. Uh, you know, not speaking up. I mean, of course, you. It's so hard sometimes. But when you know somebody really, really wants to produce their own project, you really just have to try to do the best you can because uh, they didn't hire you to produce, and that's no. tough, man. Uh-huh. But but when it's clear, when it's clear up front, hey, such and such is our producer, then you sometimes you just you gotta you know do the best you can. But but that was awesome because you're like, hey, man, you know, yeah. And look, I mean, it ended up being where I wanted it to be. It was just really, really hard to get it there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you you were quick to point out and, you know, really helped me with the fact of like, hey, man, there's just some holes in the production. Yeah, absolutely, And uh, and, 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 and so, uh, you know, you could keep banging your head against the desk all day, but, you know, it's it's not because you don't have a uh you know four or five thousand dollar uh amp anymore it's it's no, that's not the issue you know? not at all man
1: and i think the other <laughs> yeah. thing good thing to point out too is when we made um the first Haljan hills record we were super like super uh strict on you know when we were picking out parts and, and writing parts we were trying to find parts that had a sound had a vibe already you know and so um we wanted everything to kind of fit together like a puzzle you know and um, when you just when you just like um you know hit record and just record a bunch of parts and, and not really mull over well does is this really adding or taking away from the song itself that's the one thing that stuck out to me we every part we tracked we evaluated is this adding and not to mention you we did do a lot of um um, affects like outboard stuff going in, you know, to kind of get a vibe. And, and that's what I feel like, you know, what you've done with other artists too, when you feel like the mix comes together, you're making some of those mixed decisions on the front end, you know?
0: Yeah. And, and if anybody's interested, if they've checked that album out and, you know, like the way it sounds, uh, in particular, uh, the vocals and uh acoustic guitars and stuff were tracked through a wonder cm7 which is a you know basically a a u47 one of the modern remakes Mm -hmm. uh tracked through shadow hills uh gamma 8 preamp which is on the iron setting which is like the neve and uh the compressors were a tube tech cl1a and a purple audio mc77 as well as a buzz audio essence on some stuff. So, mm. you know, just to kind of give you an idea of, of some of the chain on it. Uh, so, exactly. yeah, I mean, it, it, it was just really eye-opening to me. And uh, I think something I can kind of tie that into uh, to what I saw with the uh, Slate Digital CLA mixing course, as well as the mix with the master stuff, something that really stood out to me is that and I hope the the people that are listening and you know folks just in the home recording community uh have realized or maybe if you don't realize I hope this is uh, you know a moment for you to help you kind of see it differently and the point is this uh, when these guys are so graciously sharing their information through these new platforms, uh, there's a whole lot to learn. And especially with like when you get the actual session template on the the Slate digital side and actually mix with the masters, send out an email. They're going to start doing that soon as well. So you open up CLA's mix in your DAW. You've got all the plugins that he used because you've got the Slate, you know, everything bundle. Mm-hmm. and. You see exactly what he did. And the one thing that I want people to keep in mind, because that's that's awesome, that's really, really great, and mm-hmm. that was what C- CLA did on that song on that day, okay? Um, but here's the thing. I know in a lot of home studios, you're not tracking with com- compression on the way in, mm-hmm. right? Um and you, of course, you're using a mic preamp because you, you have to, to go through it. Yeah. Uh, but a lot, a lot of times, uh, mic preamps that are built into, uh, you know, sort of all in one converters are made to be fairly clean. Okay. So, mm-hmm. which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. But most if not all of the projects that these guys are mixing are going through preamps that are not made to be clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're made to add a color. A lot of times they're pushed to add more of that color. So let's say you open up your session and you import all of CLA settings onto your mix. Some things that are going to be different from the start, if you've tracked through a typical home recording setup with a very clean preamp and no compression on the way in, uh, you're going to have a lot less color. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going to have maybe some less, uh, you know, harmonic uh, distortion and some saturation going on from pushing the preamp. Uh, You've probably... In a lot of cases, not using a tube microphone, so you've got a little bit less going on, you know. And not well. Let's not call it less. Let's just call it different, okay? Because mm-hmm. it's not. I, I don't want to get into good or bad. You've got different here. Yeah. So if you, if you've got just a fet mic that's you know non tube, uh, and then you're not tracking through any compression. So in other words. There's at least three or four things that have been very different just to get to that point of the audio being imported into the session. And so, so here's an idea. I would like people to do this as an experiment to try it okay? because the, the tools are in the, uh, plugin domain now to, I think, give you a pretty good shot at doing this because let's face it, when you've got a home studio setup, the reason you don't have, uh, tube mic and a $3,000, uh, compressor and, uh, you know, a thousand dollar or more per channel preamp is because you're not in the place to spend that kind of money on it. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, otherwise every, everybody would have it. Yeah. So let's, let's do this in the meantime, uh, or, or even if you never go to that setup, open up, uh, like if you're opening up your, your session, uh, and let's say that you have the slate bundle or or whatever. Uh, throw one of the slate preamp emulations on first. Okay, so let's start mm-hmm. there, and let's say that you recorded through uh, that preamp and 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 play around with that and get, and get a vibe going. Next, let's throw on uh, a compressor, whatever your favorite compressor is. But let's keep in mind that we're thinking uh, from a tracking perspective here. Okay. Yeah. That's so great. let's let's. Let's use something like the uh, Softube Tube Tech CL1B, uh, or uh, the CLA, uh, the LA2A, or you know, U- uh, Universal Audio versions. Let's go with something like that that would have more than likely been what they tracked through. And let's consider maybe not hitting that one too hard because usually on the way in, you're you're going to err on the side of caution, right? So let's yeah, hit yeah. that one just maybe one to three d B somewhere in there. Yeah. And uh so let's so let's do that. And I mean if if you're getting into the new the virtual microphone system you can start out with a U forty seven or a two fifty one or something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, that, yeah. It would go even in the in the front of the chain. So so think about that. So now instead of just opening the session and going, Okay, these tracks that were recorded in my bedroom with carpet everywhere, with a, you know, $300 mic going through a super clean interface through a, you know, basic conversion. Now I'm going to just start mixing at the same place as, as CLA. Let's think about it this way. Like, you know how when you're running on, uh, like, uh, a track mm-hmm. and you know, one guy starting way up here and one guy starting way back here. And I know it, it makes sense with like the distance of the, the bands of the track, but let's think about it. If it were just a straight line race, in other words, CLA starting like a good quarter mile ahead of you because of all the gear that it's already been tracked through. Right. Yeah. That's so, so true, man. So let's, so try that. I mean, and I, honestly, I haven't even done this myself. I just, you know, it just come to mind when I was going through some of these series, but Take, take one of your sessions, open it up, throw the preamp emulation on first, and then find a really good compressor that would be a, a, a tracking-style compressor, more than likely like an Opto, uh, you know, uh, LA-2A tube tech, something like that, yeah. and then start your mix after that, right? So then after that, throw on the VCC or uh you know what and then the more aggressive compressor uh, the 1176 or whatever you would normally mix with and just give it a shot i think it would be something interesting and i would actually like to get some feedback you know from the the new producers community and see if that changes anything up for anybody cuz at, at least in my mind i think it will maybe get some of us guys recording at home to a closer starting point i think so of some of these yeah, these tutorials that we're getting. And I, I think it would be cool. I think it's worth a shot.
1: I think so too, man. I mean, there's just so much color. It's like, it's it's almost like a pre-mix, you know, when you're tracking through, you know, compressors and EQs and stuff like that. It's, you're already sculpting the sound. And uh, like you were saying, it's like not everybody can have this dream, you know, tracking chain, you know. And even if we did have one, chances are you wouldn't want that one chain all over your album you know it would definitely you'd start when it came to mix time you you totally see frequencies piling up you know
0: yeah and you wouldn't have the luxury of having several of those different kind of chains like they do you know you're you're absolutely right about that and so you know i think the exciting thing is with you know we hope to check out the vms system soon uh you know the exciting thing for us is that we at least have uh possibilities and things to try whereas a while back you know there weren't plugins that even did these kinds of things, so it's crazy even if man. you had the yeah if you had the idea you would have to try to recreate it with something that wasn't really made to do that you know yeah uh but but I think moving forward we're, it's a really exciting time I mean personally what's the most exciting for me is that we're hearing from these guys that are going through an interesting transition to where I'm hearing some of these guys talk about transitioning to hybrid setups to even all in the box setups where you're just going, Wow, they're kind of heading our direction. Yeah. We're trying to go their their direction. Uh-huh. Yeah. And hopefully hopefully somewhere in the middle we're going to meet where financially everybody can play on the same playground Mm -hmm. and it's, it's completely based on your skill and your uh, you know, work ethic and and whatever. Uh, But I think it's also very cool that now we can kind of separate you know, sift through some of the noise of the internet of people just putting all these things out there about, you know, do this this way or this is the right way to do this. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, you're like five minutes into this late uh, digital CLA course. And he's, he's turning the high end EQ on something like as far as the knob goes. Mm-hmm. And I, do, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something to the effect of like, look, Crank the high end to you know ten or eleven or whatever. Nobody ever died from doing that. <laughs> it was I just know. like that's uh, perfect because that's been, a, that's been a lot of what we've you know said from the beginning with this podcast is that uh, we want people to know that this is the most wide open creative space ever. And, you know, we do music because we love it and because it it doesn't come with all of the shackles and the the walls and the limitations of regular life and regular jobs and and all these other things. Mm -hmm. And so to come into this and to have, you know, certain uh, uh, tutorials and things trying to put you back in that box, we fought against that from the beginning. And so now it's great hearing it straight from the mouth of the best, you know, some of the best to ever do it to say, look... Yeah. Just go for it, you know? And so I thought that was probably one of the biggest uh, takeaways I had from it was like, yes, thank you. I not know. not to say like, oh, yeah, we're right. Listen to us. But just like that, that that instinct was right. That thing inside of us that, that wants to fight against, you know, limitations. Exactly. Uh, so that, that was pretty, that was pretty cool.
1: I love how, you know, there's so much information nowadays, you know, on, um, just on all this, um, you know, techniques and the way people do things. And I love it because everybody is doing something different. You know, everybody is getting there a different way. And, um, it's just brilliant because it it just feeds back into the motto, you know, the new producers, you know, it, it doesn't matter how you get there. As long as it sounds good, it's good, man. Um,
0: yeah, so exactly. I just love
1: that, man. And I think it's great, you know, uh, especially for somebody like me. I don't really have much of a choice. I, I can't afford to buy, you know, an SSL four thousand or whatever it is. I I just can't afford that, you know. Um, and so I'm so I don't thankful. even
0: think we I don't <laughs> even think we could pay the power bill on it, much less buy it.
1: <laughs> no, seriously, man. And so I'm so <laughs> thankful because I, I had no choice. So I'm glad that you know, that people are making amazing, you know, beautiful recordings in the box. I mean, it just, we lucked out there, man. And I forget who it was, um, interviewing, but I think is, um, Jakira King. He was saying, listen, I mean, people are making amazing stuff totally in the box. So it's not a sense of, and it's not a matter of, you know, can you do something that sounds great can it be a major label recording that is all in the box because that's already been smashed i mean a lot of uh, a lot of great engineers are doing it totally in the box it's it's just totally different you know and for somebody to try to get their digital in the box mix to sound totally analog that's just never going to be the case you know it's a totally different medium there's no way you can get it you can kind of get it close but Let's start. Let's stop. Maybe trying to make it an analog mix and focus on trying to make the best digital mix possible. Because, dude, like I was, I think we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. The fact that I can in Pro Tools go to the arrange view and look at a waveform and actually see where problem areas are, and instead of trying to you know um, do the fade or do the ride twenty times to get it right, I can see where it is draw in some clip gain automation and totally take it down where it needs to be it's like there are so many benefits of digital um that it is crazy i I mean personally for me i think if i had to pick one or the other it was just all analog or all digital it would be all digital man because i am always traveling i'm always going somewhere new and i can't carry you know like 10 compressors you know like on an airplane i mean that just doesn't work so for me i, I i'm i'm loving digital and i'm learning to embrace it because guess what? It's all I have. I don't have no choice. I'm not, I can't afford an SSL. (laughs) And so it's my only choice, but it's, it's the least cumbersome option, man, for somebody that's traveling, you know, recording new things, you know, um, I'm loving it, man. I'm totally loving it.
0: That's awesome, man. That's, that's really cool to just embrace it instead of feeling like so many of us have felt, you know, at one time or another over the years, like, you feel inferior, right? You feel like I can't, yeah. I can't do that kind of work, and so it's it's a really exciting time. And I think if we can just shift the conversation just a little bit from this versus this, you know, in the box versus out of mm-hmm. the box, if we can shift mm-hmm. it to, uh, because I think part of the conversation, you know, you had a lot of people honestly with a, a, a snobbish kind of attitude of you know, uh, elitist, you know, I've got all this expensive gear and you're never going to sound as good as me. And these, these weren't like, these weren't our favorite mixers. These were just, you know, people on the internet. So, uh, and then the other side of that, this, this other thing kind of rose up to where like, Hey, we can make it sound just as good in the box uh, because, uh, you know, such and such did an in the box mix that was a number one hit. And so we can do the same, but, some of those people weren't working quite as hard. They weren't doing mm-hmm. uh, automation the way they got, you know, they weren't doing the hard stuff that wasn't fun, like really digging into yeah. automation. And so it was like, okay, well, wait a minute. Yes, it's possible. But if our if our setup is, you know, not as good gear, not as good environment, our skills aren't as good because, you know, we haven't done it as long as they have, uh, then we can't work less hard than they did. That that's not going to equal the same success, right? So, no way. So the thing is, be embrace your setup, maximize your setup. I mean, sure, always buy new stuff as you can. I mean, new gear is a great thing. Like I, I just bought a ton of new stuff that we'll talk about at the end. Uh, yeah. But uh, don't feel like. You're, you can't do anything at any step along the way because you can push yourself on every project. I guarantee you there's even settings and plugins that you already have that you maybe haven't fully experimented with or uh, maybe there's even just just something as simple as an attack and release setting on a compressor that you you may have just uh, stuck to the presets and you've never really ventured away from those much. And if you just start messing around with the attack and release times, you go, wow, this is a completely different sound uh different sounding compressor right now or you know plug-in so yeah i think it's it's a beautiful time man and now we've got people sharing such incredible knowledge with us we're getting their exact templates to at least see what they did on that specific project and take away some of those things that'll i mean because one of the biggest things is just like what what kind of effects does cla use on a vocal You know, I I remember going, going back several years, I was just like, man, what do I I use a delay? Do I use a a reverb? What kind of reverb? And then, and then you realize sometimes they use both and your mind is just blown in that moment, you know? Uh, Uh yeah. So I would just, I would highly encourage anybody that's listening. Uh, I mean, I've got to be completely honest, uh, At this point, if I had to choose one or the other, I would only do the mix with the masters at this point. And the reason being Mm -hmm. for me is that there's a whole lot more of the reasoning of why in that particular series. I, I know, uh, Slate has gone back and released some kind of bonus footage off of theirs, and and, and I've already seen where they're working on a second song with CLA. And, and I think the the next one they do will probably be more along those lines. Well, well, let's do this. Let's back up a bit. If it's really important for you to have a session template, I would do, and you have to choose one or the other, I would do the Slate one for now because you're going to get the template, you're going to get all of his plug-in settings, and you're going to be able to uh-huh. take the, take those... Import them directly into your, uh, you know, session and and just have at it and and you know go for it. If you're really more interested, exactly. yeah. yeah. If you're really more interested in the why, and uh, the backstory, uh, I I would go the mix with the master's route. I've personally have done both. If that's in your budget for now, I would do both. Before I would buy another plug-in or another piece of gear because, dude, this is just like college course. On the fast forward, you know, uh, however fast you can digest it, and it's such yeah, an wow. such an amazing time. So, uh, really, really, down the road at some point, do them both if you can. I, I can't uh, speak highly enough of it. Particularly, man, like Andy Wallace has always been one of my favorites, and he uh, mm-hmm. he he's going through uh, on the mix with the Masters, mixing a uh, Avenged Sevenfold song. So it's awesome because wow. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times you don't get like a really aggressive rock song in a lot of these tutorials. You get kind of a middle of the road thing. And, uh, oh, dude, it's so awesome. So cool. I, I don't want to get into yeah, the specifics. of. So- amazing a lot of what these guys are sharing because i mean they're you know i don't think they would appreciate me (laughs) you know watching the video and they're just giving all the pointers away so that's not the point of this uh it's really just a review and some of the main takeaways to encourage people that these are awesome resources and, and definitely go check them out thank you guys so much for checking out episode eight we covered a lot of stuff here, and it's actually, we continue to talk longer, but this feels like a good stopping point for one episode, and we'll definitely pick it up again next week. So let us know as you kind of approach things differently with mixing in the box, as we talked about here, with treating it as if you're tracking before you really get into the mixing plug-ins of your chain. And this is, you know, assuming that, like most people in a home setup, you don't have a really expensive tube mic or a compressor that you're tracking through or really colorful, you know, knee-style preamp or something on the way in. So what we would love to do is hear how this is applied to your work. So as you give it a try, please send us, uh, you know, Dropbox or SoundCloud links. We'd love to hear your work. And be sure to tune in next week. We're gonna talk about my experience with the Slate Raven and just the whole deal of, you know, dealing with a touchscreen control surface as opposed to some of the other options out there that have physical faders and knobs. So thank you so much again for your support. This is Josh with The New Producers. And please check us out at thenewproducers.com. You can also subscribe on YouTube. And we are on all other social media platforms at The New Producers. That would be Twitter, Instagram, and facebook.com slash Producers. Thanks again. We'll see you guys next week.